you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G, D-O-D-G-E-R-S, team, 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 Hello, Dodger fans, and welcome to Locked On Dodgers. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I'm Vince Samperio of Chavez Ravine Fiends, and I am back with Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential. Jeff, how was it with a different co-host? Yeah, I really enjoyed talking with Fred about the Lakers and the Dodgers, but... uh. I'm happy to have you back, you know. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind doing another show with him sometime. He's, I, I enjoyed talking with him, and uh, we got along well. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're the co-host I know and love, so I'm happy you're back. Yeah, yeah, it was a fun little episode. Did you enjoy your time in Oakland at the fo- football game? Oh, yeah, great game. Raiders won. Uh, broke a string of games I've been to for my team where they've lost. So always good to do that. Always good to see a win in person and – Enjoy the last couple games in Oakland. Well, good. Yeah, I imagine it's a good place to watch a football game, even though it's not a great place to watch a baseball game. All right, so this week we have a pretty good week coming up. We got, we're going to talk about some rule changes that are coming to baseball in 2020 and how they affect the Dodgers. And then starting today with the, what is it? Injured list, not the disabled list. The injured list and how it's going from 10 to 15 days. And then the second half of every show this week will be uh, part of our interview with Ross Stripling. And that we teased a little bit last week, and there's a lot of good stuff, so it'll be broken up into all five days, so you'll be able to hear that. Uh, But before we get into all that, a reminder to subscribe to Locked on Dodgers, wherever you get your podcasts, and when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcasts, Locked on Dodgers. All right, Jeff, let's hop into the rule change uh, that is coming next year where the 10-day injured list is becoming the 15-day injured list, similar to what it was a few years ago when it was a disabled list, and the fact that when you option a player down to the minors, uh, they have to wait 15 days as well instead of 10 days. It seems like a rule geared toward the Dodgers and their uh, quote-unquote manipulation of the roster. Uh, Is that what you think as well? Yeah, I mean, from from day one, basically, the, the, they changed the disabled list at the time from 15 days to 10 days as part of the last CBA, which was agreed to in December of 2016. So 17, 18, 19. So we've had three seasons of the 10-day injured list. But starting in 2017, immediately, the Dodgers were at the forefront of uh, I'm not going to say manipulating because that implies something nefarious. They were using the rules to to their best advantage. Um, they weren't cheating, but they they realized, oh, 10 days on the injured list. Well, if we have a five-man rotation and one off day, uh, a starting pitcher can just miss one start in 10 days. So we can, if we just want somebody to take off one start we can put them on the injured list because, you know, every player has nagging injuries, put them on the injured list, call somebody up to replace them on the roster for the whole 10 days. And you basically get an extra guy on the roster 
that you wouldn't have had otherwise if you were just giving a guy a break for one start. They've used it to, to keep guys fresh and whatever. And so, yeah, I, I think uh, I think other teams picked up on it. So I don't think it's just the Dodgers at this point, uh, but I think the Dodgers were definitely uh, at the forefront and uh, just like, you know, we call it the Buster Posey rule, even though they didn't change the rule home plate until two years after Buster Posey's injury. And it was actually Alex Avila who was the, the latest, the the most recent one when they did change the rule, but we still call it the Buster Posey rule, so we will still call this the Dodger rule, I think. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it's definitely geared toward, uh, you know, manipulation is probably a little bit negative connotation, but it's, um, yeah, no, probably not necessarily what they did, but they definitely used it to their advantage. Uh, they did it with Maeda a few years ago, a couple years ago, with when they optioned, optioned him down to... Rookie league, league, I think. Rookie league, uh, because their season ended, and then they'd be able to bring them back right after. So, uh, you know, that's the good thing about having a, a smart front office is that they can find ways to do that, uh, utilize the depth that they have, and do it. And you know, it's going to be a little different now, but I think obviously we don't know the the roster yet. But um, with guys like Gonsolin and May, and even Julio, and guys they maybe don't want to throw 120, 130, 150 innings, this might. You know, benefit them a little bit. They'll have guys miss a couple starts instead of two. They'll be able to, you know, mix and match the rotation a little more and get some guys in. Uh, I think they'll still be able to use it to their advantage where they need be uh, because they have so many guys like that that are young and they want to, you know, manage their load. And I think it'll, you know, it'll affect a little bit, obviously, when guys are hurt but not hurt enough to go out. Two weeks is a lot different than 10 days when it comes to, do you want to miss time or not? We've even, you know, we've seen them kind of hold on to guys even with the 10-day I.O. where they maybe hold on to guys a little bit longer than they thought because they don't want to use the full 10 days. Now that it's back to 15, it, it does that over again. But um, at the end of the day, you know, they have the depth to do whatever they need to do anyways. So it'll they'll be fine at, when, when it's all said and done. Yeah, and this does also tie into the other rule that you mentioned, which was in the past for for – the past many years, I don't know how long, but when a guy gets optioned down to the minors, he had to stay down for uh, at least 10 days before he could be brought back up. They're bumping that up to 15 days, you know, again, to try to reduce the back and forth. I think the Mariners ended up using, like, uh, I might be exaggerating, but I think it was 984 different players this year, um, somewhere give around take, there anyway. Give or take. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, this one maybe isn't just the Dodgers. Uh but, you know, it, it will reduce the L.A. to Oklahoma City shuttle uh, because they will have to stay down for, for 15 days. The one exception to that still remains that uh, if a guy goes on the injured list, ooh, Alexa thought I was talking to her. Um, if a guy goes on the injured list, then you can bring a guy back up. So you have to stay down for 15 days, except in the case of an injury to somebody else. And so the Dodgers have always been uh, really proactive at using that loophole, I guess, to send a guy down if they knew, okay, we're going to send this guy down to the minors because we know we're going to be putting this guy on the injured list in three days after his next start to give him a start off. And so then we can pull this guy back up. That will change this because they won't be able to use the injured list as liberally. And so uh, that might have an impact on this. Uh, So yeah, I'm really interested. I don't, it's hard for me to even guess. This is one of those things I think there's going to be unintended consequences, not necessarily in a bad way, but just things that we can't really predict how it's going to play out. 
but I'm really interested to see how what the Dodgers come up with in light of these two new rules because like you said they they've always been forward thinking and creative at using the existing rules as best they can so uh, I, I think we'll continue to see that but I have very little idea what it's going to look like yeah and it's funny because it you know, not too long ago the 15-day deal was a normal thing and then we got so used to the 10-day deal and now it's back to the 15-day and it's io you know there's just a lot going on with all this stuff yeah, i think it's kind of kind of a bummer that they did have to bump it back and so in that way i guess it's a bummer that the dodgers found the loopholes because i think the 10-day injured list is really beneficial to players because like you said if a guy gets hurt and he's gonna be out for a week they have to decide either okay do we put him on the injured list knowing that he's going to be ready eight days before he's eligible to come off the injured list or do we keep him on the roster and so you end up with fewer roster spots and you also end up with players trying to play through injuries that they probably shouldn't and so i'm I, like i am glad the seven day concussion injured list still exists so if it's a brain injury they can take their week off and not have to worry about being on gone for two weeks but uh uh, I do think that the 10-day is better for players, and so I, I'm interested to see how that plays out too. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a little bit different uh, next year, but we'll see how it goes. And that's going to do it for this part of the show. Like we said, our second half of the show will consist of Ross Stripling interviews all week. Uh, coming up, he's going to talk a little bit about the openness that he has with the media and fans, you know, the Dodgers postseason being eliminated, him living in Houston with the Astros being so good, uh, you know, who we grew up rooting for, and being on the Dodgers and the history of the team. So make sure you stay locked on Dodgers. All right, I'm going to take it back to the salt and pepper days, and uh, let's talk about sex. For some of you, that may have been around the time where your glory days were. For some of you, you might not even know who salt and pepper is, but and regardless of all that, I'm here to tell you how you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. BlueChew.com. That's blue like Dodger blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works, and you can take it whenever with whatever's in your stomach, whatever's going on in your life. It's chewable. They work twice as fast as a pill, and you can be ready whenever the mood hits. Uh, this isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra boost in the bedroom. It's like a little adrenaline rush. Like if you're on the mound uh, in Game 7 of the World Series and you know the crowd's going crazy and you get that extra adrenaline rush, that's what it's like. And it's easy. It's prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. No weird doctor's visits, no talking about your sex life, no waiting in the pharmacy and maybe seeing somebody you know from high school, none of that awkwardness. It's all made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And right now, we've got a special deal for all you listeners. You can go to BlueChew.com, get your first shipment free with the promo code MLB. All you have to do is pay $5 shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code MLB, to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Locked On Dodgers. Thanks for sticking around and staying Locked On Dodgers. Here's part one of our interview with Ross Stripling. All right, we have with us Dodgers pitcher Ross Stripling, who actually reached out to us. Thanks, Ross. That was awesome. We, we've been trying to figure out how to get some guests this offseason, and then Ross Stripling just sends us a message says, hey, can I be on your show? We're like, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, man, as a fellow podcast host, I know it's tough to create content weekly. You guys do it daily. 
which is incredibly impressive. So I knew that um, you guys, you know, obviously do a good job and I wanted to be a part of it. And then, you know, I know it's hard to find guests and content like like I said. So happy to help, man. Well, thanks. So, yeah, we're just going to we're just going to chit chat. And uh, like I told you, we'll break this up over a couple episodes. So uh, our listeners for the next few days, you'll be getting parts of this this interview and uh, hopefully learn a lot about Ross Stripling that, you know, we uh, we know a lot about you already between yeah, your, your podcast and, you know, you're a little bit more open with the media than, than some guys. So uh, it, it was that a conscious decision you made? Like, I, I just want to be an open book or is it just your personality? Well, it's funny. I when I said, I, so I texted my co-host on our podcast, his name is Cooper. And I said, Hey, I'm, I'm going on a podcast today. And he's like, dude, this is going to be overkill. Like Dodger fans <laughs> are going to be tired of your face and hearing your voice. And I was like, yeah, you're probably right. But you know, happy to help out any way I can. And, and I just think, man, there's, I don't, for one, I don't have anything to hide. Right. You know, even if let's say I go out and pitch really well, or let's say I go out and pitch crappy, you know, it's when you pitch well, it's fun to explain what went right and what was good about that game. And when you don't pitch well, a lot of times you want to explain what didn't go right and you want to, you know, air it out. And, and sometimes it's nice to get it off your chest even. So, you know, I, I feel like I have nothing to hide. And, and yeah, sometimes, you know, there are some things you do have to play closer to the chest. If, especially when Chase Setley is your teammate and I was talking about tipping my pitches and he was like, what the heck are you doing telling the media how you're tipping pitches? So there's probably times where I do maybe spill the beans a little bit too much, but for the most part, man, it's just, it's fun to open up and, and let people into our lives that, you know, otherwise you don't get to see all the time. I know I've listened to you all on your uh, kind of carousel around all the Dodger podcasts. So I'm going to try to avoid those questions that you've already answered. Um, but this is one that you've probably been asked, but you know, obviously the world series just ended and it was, and now you're, you're off-season home of Houston. Uh, did you pay attention at all to the World Series? And how do you handle that after being in it the last two years? Yeah, of course. You know, for one, it's impossible to miss. You know, at, at first I was kind of like, man, it's the Astros and the Nationals. Like, Astros beat us in 17. The Nationals beat us out this year. It's like, I don't want to watch that. And then you just end up finding yourself watching. You know, for, for one, it was such an amazing series, right? Like, sports have never seen anything like that. We're seven teams, one – uh, the road, you know, yeah. every every game was run by the road team, which is just wild. And uh, in 2017, we lost to the Astros, obviously. And I flew out the next day because I was getting married 10 days later. So I had to get home and uh, I was on a plane full of Astros fans. And that was eye opening. It was like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm in for a long winter. And, um, you know, then this year is like, oh, gosh, I'm in for it again. And uh, what's crazy is is I had the Astros winning that. No doubt, especially when they were coming home game game six up, you know, up three to two and uh, didn't pull it off. So, you know, man, the Nationals might have just been a team of destiny. I mean, they stepped up in a big way and it was fun to watch. I'm glad I'd watched. You know, I think I would have been mad at myself for missing that series if I would have been too stubborn or or upset or whatever to sit down and watch those games. I, I agree with you. The Astros, I think, at least on paper, clearly the better team. But, you know, there's so much that goes into the postseason other than who's the better team because, you know, it's who gets hot at the right time, who steps up at the right time, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, – I kept expecting the Astros to, to pull it out in the end, and then they, they never did. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know how the Astros fans are in person. The ones I met in person are pretty cool. The ones I met on Twitter, not so much. So, uh, yeah. you know, may, maybe it wasn't so bad on that flight back with, with them in person, but uh, I don't know. Well, they didn't know who I was, you know. I was – this was 2017. I don't even know if even now they would know who I am four years into the big leagues, you know. But at that point, I'd just over a year in the big leagues. Like, they didn't know who I was. I was sitting in the back of the plane because we booked that ticket last minute. 
And, um, you know, they, they were all still probably hungover from the night before and it, just trying to get home and, and celebrate a win. So it, it wasn't the plane ride wasn't that bad. That's just when I knew that was going to be in my face for four months, you know, and, yeah. and within days, people had bumper stickers and, uh, you know, the parade goes, you know, relatively close to our home. So it's just it, it, it wasn't a good off season. And you're, you did you grow up? Uh, who, who were you a fan of growing up? No, I actually grew up about 15 minutes from the Rangers, Cowboys, Mavericks, uh, up in the Metroplex DFW area. So I, I grew up a Rangers fan, which was great. That was, you know, Pudge Rodriguez, Juan Gonzalez, uh, uh, Rusty Greer, uh, you know, other guys back in the, you know, late 90s and 2000s of the Rangers, uh, even into like Josh Hamilton. That's when I was, I guess, ending high school, going into college was when Josh Hamilton was on a tear with the Rangers. So that's who I grew up mostly following. Do you ever read any Jack Reacher books? Do I? Yeah. Did you know that already? Or are you just no, asking? No, I, because you mentioned Rusty Greer. Have you read the one where there's a character named Rusty Greer in the book? Well, I've read every book, so I imagine so, but I don't remember that it one. It might be Killing Floor. I can't remember for sure, but it's one of the early ones. And yeah, there's actually a lady named Rusty Greer. And, well, there's uh, baseball references all in those all books. All over the place, yeah. Yeah, I've actually I've thought about reaching out to Lee Child before and be like, dude, I think I could get you to throw the first pitch at Dodger Stadium or something. Like, I know you love baseball. There's no way you reference baseball this much, but I've uh, I've chickened out every time. Well, if you do that, let me know when it's going to be because I'll definitely drive down from Utah for that game because yeah. I, I love those books. Yeah, the next one comes out, I guess, this month, right? It's every November. Yeah, I've been seeing him talking about it on Twitter. So it's, yeah, I can't uh, wait. I'm pretty excited. Getting into your story, you know, you told your story about how you, know, you got hurt in high school, you didn't play as much, you know, you went into A&M. Um, and now you've been in the big leagues for four years and you were an all-star and two world series and, you know, some of the best Dodger teams in the history of the Dodgers. Have you been able to sit back and reflect on the, on that yet? Or is that something you're probably going to do further down the line or, you know, just kind of how far you've gone and, you know, not a lot of time realistically. Yeah. You know, I'm not very nostalgic, man. I bring all this stuff home every year and, and I just start giving it away, and, and my wife always gets mad at me, like, no, we got to keep those. Like, you pitched really well in those cleats, or or, or you pitched really well in that glove, or, or whatever. And I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, on to the next. So, you know, I've never really sat back, and, you know, I, I probably appreciate it as much as I should. I mean, heck, man, I've been a part of four teams, and I bet we've averaged right around 100 wins a year of those four that I've been a part of, maybe even more. You know, so it's been pretty special. Two World Series, uh, an NLCS you know, three total NLCSs and then another playoff appearance this year. So, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate and it's just kind of a testament to the Dodgers, man, in our front office and, and our ability to just, like, we're going to be good another five, six plus years, right? Because we go through these trade deadlines and we get better without giving up our guys. You know, we keep Bueller and Bellinger and, and Gavin Lux and Justin May and these guys that we're going to just build on now moving forward when we still have the Kershaw's and the Turner's and the Kinley's of the world on our roster. So it's, it's really cool. And, and I do, you know, when people like you or whoever ask and my family and, and you say like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really special. And where it really, you know, that is when we had Brandon McCarthy and we're in the world series in 2017 and he had like a 13 year career and he never threw one pitch in the postseason. And here I am, you know, four years in and I've been there four times. So I know I'm really fortunate and it's really cool, but at the end of the day, I've, I've just kind of always been someone that when something ends, I just kind of look forward to the next thing and, and keep moving forward. It's uh, I probably should be more nostalgic than I am, and I probably will be at some point. For, for some reason, that's just not me right now. Yeah, yeah I mean, it makes I, sense. I, 
some of the players you've played with as a teammate, see, for me, you know, putting myself in your shoes, that would be kind of the bigger deal for me of looking ahead to, you know, telling my grandkids, you know, I, I used to, I was teammates with Clayton Kershaw and Chase Utley and, and these guys who are going to end up, you know, Kershaw is a surefire Hall of Famer. Utley has a really good shot. You know, I mean, you're talking some of the, the elite players in the history of baseball, and you've been sitting here wearing the same uniform as them. Do you do you think about that much? Yeah, I bring that up all the time, especially with the other not sure fire Hall of Famers on our team. You know, it'd be sitting down in the bullpen. It'll be in the first inning, and Kershaw just struck out the side, and you're kind of like, man, I'm going to tell my grandkid that I, you know, played with him. Or, or you even try and predict out, like, Obviously, we know Cody Bellinger's really good. Corey Seager's really good. Walker Bueller's a stud. You know, kind of thinking like, you know, in in 30 years or 50 years, talking to your grandkids, which name do you think is going to be the first one you bring up? Like right now, it's probably obviously Clayton Kershaw, but we don't know what Cody might if Cody might win four more MVPs, and all of a sudden you're saying his name before Kershaw. You know, so it's uh, just another reason that it's fun to show up at Dodger Stadium every day because, one, we have the history, right? I mean, Sandy Koufax still comes around. Um, all these, you know, Oral Hershizers in the booth every day. You got just stud after stud that played, you know, from the 60s to the 90s still coming around. And then you have the studs that we're putting out there in a uniform every night too. So uh, it's one of those things that, you know, you feel really lucky to be a part of the Dodgers organization for the history and then for the teams that we're able to throw out on the field every night right now. All right, that'll do it for the first part of the five parts we will have of the Ross Stripling interview. Thank you for listening to Locked on Dodgers. We'll be back tomorrow talking about another rule change that will affect the Dodgers in 2020. And the second part of our interview with Ross Stripling, he'll be talking about some of his favorite cities that he's encountered through baseball, some dream guests he'd like to have on his podcast, the Big Swing Podcast. Listening to yourself on a podcast, getting to know Clayton Kershaw, and getting teammates to be guests on his podcast. So, a lot to look forward to tomorrow. Uh, Remember, you can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you think we sound best. If you do not use Apple, but you have Apple, please subscribe on there as well. If you like the show, please show us. Subscribe, download, listen. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell all the Dodger fans that Ross Tripling is on a podcast all week this week and they need to listen to it. And also make sure to rate and review us in iTunes or wherever podcast app you use. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Dodgers. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Snydog. You can follow me at Vince Samperio. If you want to call and leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text, you can do so at 323-863-LOCK. Um, and, or you can shoot us an email at LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us. When you get in your car, tell your smart device to play a podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. I have a good one. Talk to you later. D. I say D-O. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard. Oh, hard and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant?